Right now, we are going to read God's word together. And that word comes to us through the book of Psalms. We're in the second Sunday of Advent this time when we are preparing our hearts uh, for the celebration of Christ's birth, understanding more what this is really all about. El segundo domingo de Adviento, vamos a leer del Salmo 24. And our text is Psalm number 24. It's in the Old Testament of the Bible. And on the screen, there's some numbers. Those page numbers are helpful for looking it up if you're using the Bibles from the back. La página la pantalla les indicará dónde está el texto en las Biblias de atrás. I want to give you a moment just to turn there and let you know we're going to read the entire psalm. Vamos a leerlo todo. And I want to read it first in English and then in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés, después en español. And as the uh, title there says, this is a psalm that is attributed to David, the king of Israel. Es un salmo atribuido a David, el rey de Israel. So I hope you're there and ready to follow along. Let's open up our eyes and our ears, our hearts. Let's pay attention as God's word speaks to us. Prestemos atención a la palabra de Dios. This is what it says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. The Señor es la tierra y todo cuanto hay en ella, el mundo y cuantos lo habitan. Porque él la firmó sobre los mares, la estableció sobre los ríos. ¿Quién puede subir al monte del Señor? ¿Quién puede estar en su lugar santo? Solo el de manos limpias y corazón puro. El que no adora ídolos vanos ni jura por dioses falsos. Quien es así recibe bendiciones del Señor. Dios su Salvador le hará justicia. Tal es la generación de los que a ti acuden, de los que buscan tu rostro, oh Dios de Jacob. Eleven puertas sus dinteles. Levántense puertas antiguas que va a entrar el rey de la gloria. ¿Quién es este rey de la gloria? El Señor, el fuerte y valiente. El Señor, el valiente guerrero. Eleven puertas sus dinteles. Levántense puertas antiguas que va a entrar el rey de la gloria. ¿Quién es este rey de la gloria? Es el Señor Todopoderoso. Él es el rey de la gloria. If you've been paying attention to the weather, it's winter, or nearly winter, and there have already been some snowstorms uh, out in the Midwest and other parts of the country. Ya ha habido nevadas en, en, en el interior del país. 
There have been actually at least two snowstorms in Iowa where my family lives and they've already felt the cold. Ha habido un par de nevadas en Iowa donde vive mi familia en el puro centro del país. And as I hear about these snowstorms, it makes me a little bit nostalgic. I remember a little bit of my childhood. Me hace recordar mi, mi juventud. And when I was a, a, a kid in school, growing up in Iowa this time of year, when it snowed, uh, there would always be large piles of snow around the playground at school because they'd clear the sidewalks and they'd create these big piles. Siempre había montones de nieve en la escuela. And so during recess time, we had a ball. We'd go out and play on those piles of snow. And one of the games that we would play was called King of the Hill. Jugábamos un juego alrededor del monte. And the, the idea was really simple. The goal was simple. Get to the hop, top of the hill And then you try to push all other challengers down the hill. Anybody tries to come up, you push them down. Subes al cima y intentas empujar a los que intentan subir. And at the end of the day, the one who stands on top then is declared the king or the queen of the hill. Que queda encima se reo la reina del monte. Now, there's just one problem with this game. Uh, the more you climb a hill of snow, the more slippery it becomes, okay? Entre más subes, más resbalosa se pone la nieve. And so, you know, as you keep going up the hill, it gets more slippery. And, and if you're on top, all it takes is just a little flick like that, you know? And this person goes sliding all the way down to the bottom. Con un pequeño empujón, el, el, el que sube, pues va para abajo. And so that's how the game is played. It's, it's hard to get up the hill, but it's very easy to come down. Es difícil subir y fácil bajarse uno. Well, this morning, on the second Sunday of Advent, we've read a psalm, Psalm number 24. Acabamos de leer Salmo 24. And this psalm, in some ways for me, is a story about a king, and it's a story about a hill. Este salmo se trata de un rey de un monte. And it also, I believe, contains a simple prayer for Christmas. And that's what we begin to talk about in this series of Advent. We're looking at simple prayers for Christmas. Contiene una oración simple para la Navidad también. And I believe that this psalm uh, points us to a simple prayer for Christmas that can help us really to understand what it is about and also can impact our lives today. Esta oración nos puede impactar. Hoy en día, I'd like you to take a look at it with me. Uh, the psalm begins really with a declaration uh, that God is the king. Declara el salmo que Dios es el rey. God is the king of the hill. He's on top of it all because he made it all. Dios está encima de todo porque lo hizo todo. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. The Señor es la tierra cuanto hay en ella todos los que lo habitan. God is the king of the hill. Why? Porque, verse 2 says, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Porque la firmó sobre los mares, la estableció sobre los ríos. Here the psalm is hearkening us back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, at the very beginning 
of the Bible, the story of creation, nos hace pensar en Génesis, la historia de la creación, and we're told in Genesis 1-2, at the beginning of creation, the Spirit of God was hovering, and over the surface of the waters, surface of the deep, el Espíritu de Dios estaba sobre la superficie de Dios, dice Génesis, And then if you read on in Genesis, just a few verses later, around verse 6 or so, we learn that in the, in the act of creation, what did God do? He separated the waters. Después Dios separó las aguas. And he created waters that were below the earth and waters that were above the earth. Había aguas por debajo y uh, encima de la tierra. And in between, in that space between the waters that God separated out, what did he do? He made the hill. He made the earth. El puso el monte, la tierra. And so the idea, the picture you get in Genesis is the rivers and the streams from under the earth water the earth as well as the rains that come down from above the earth. God separated out the waters. Las aguas por debajo riegan la tierra y las lluvias de, de arriba también la riega. And so God has made this world And, and this is kind of poetic language that we're getting here, both from the Psalms, that it points us to Genesis. And the waters stand for the chaos and the nothingness of creation. Or rather, what was there before creation. Las aguas representan el caos la pura nada de antes de la creación. And so what happened in creation is that God asserted his authority over the chaos, over the nothingness. God overcame the chaos. He overcame the nothingness in order to create the hill, in order to create the earth. Dios superó el caos de la pura nada antes de la creación para crear el monte la tierra. And so God is the king. God is the king of the hill because he made the hill And because he overcame the chaos. Dios es el rey porque hizo el monte de la tierra y superó el caos. And so, in light of that powerful truth, verse 3 asks an important question. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Entonces, ¿quién puede subir al monte del Señor? ¿Quién puede estar en su lugar santo? In other words, who is qualified to be in the place where God is? Who can live forever with God, secure in his presence? ¿Quién puede habitar con el Señor para siempre? In practical terms, this is asking, who is worthy to go up the hill of the Lord called Mount Zion to worship at the temple of God in Jerusalem? ¿Quién es digno para subir el monte Sion en Jerusalén para adorar a Dios en el templo? Who can do that? ¿Quién lo puede hacer? See, the temple in Jerusalem represented a lot for the people of Israel. The temple in one way represented almost like a miniature scale model of the entire creation, of the heavens and the earth. El templo representaba como una maqueta de toda la creación, el cielo y la tierra. In fact, it was not only that, it was just a model of the creation. The temple was kind of a portal into the presence of God. Era como una puerta a la presencia de Dios. If we want to put it in our technological terms today, the, the temple was kind of like this, this icon. And when you went into the temple to worship, you were double-clicking on the icon. 
And when you double-click on the icon, it opened you up to the eternal spiritual internet, the presence of God, where you could go to be with Him. Al entrar en el templo, así es como doble-click en el icono del templo para entrar en la presencia de Dios. But here's the question. Who can do that? Who is worthy to go to that place? Who can go up the hill of the Lord where the king is and enter the temple into God's presence? ¿Quién puede subir a Monte del Señor en la presencia de Dios? Well, think about it. If God is a God of order, if God is a God who has beaten back the chaos, then it would make sense that those who live in line with God's order, who have no chaos in their lives, would be the ones who are able to dwell with Him. Solo los que viven en orden con Dios, que no tienen causa en su vida, van a poder estar con Él. Look at verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, or de manos limpias y corazón puro, el que no adora ídolos vanos, ni jura por dioses falsos. Moses, the leader of Israel, went up the hill of the Lord, a hill called Mount Sinai. Moisés subió al monte del Señor, Sinaí. And at Mount Sinai, Moses received from God Ten requirements for living with God. Ten requirements for living according to God's order. The Ten Commandments. Dios, Moisés recibió los diez mandamientos para vivir según el orden de Dios. And if you look at those Ten Commandments, really you can boil them down, you can summarize all ten of the ten commandments actually just in the very first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Se resumen todos los diez mandamientos en uno solo. No tengas otros dioses además de mí. I'm the only God. Live according to my order. And you see all the other commandments, all the other uh, requirements, if you violate them, it's a form of idolatry. Think about murder, for example. You shall not murder. When you kill someone, you're not just killing the person. You are attacking and trying to kill the image of God that that person's been made in. And you are setting yourself up as God, the giver of life. And you're bringing chaos into God's creation. Why? Because you are not having God before all else. Si matas, matas la imagen de Dios en otra persona y te pones a ti mismo para Dios y no tienes Dios ante todo. So you see, sin, in a sense, is failing to live in God's order. It is bringing chaos into our world. Would you say there's a fair amount of chaos in our world? Hay caos en nuestro mundo? Why? Because of sin. We do not have clean hands your hearts there's really only one one commandment that's why Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength lift up your soul only to him ama al Señor tu Dios con toda tu fuerza tu, tu alma tu mente so only those who have no other gods 
who love God above all else with clean hands, with pure hearts, they're the only ones who are truly qualified to go up the hill of the Lord and to be with God. Solo los que aman a Dios, que no tienen otro dioses, que tienen manos limpias, corazón puro, pueden subir al monte del Señor. They are the only ones that can be accepted by God. Solo ellos son aceptados de Dios. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to be accepted by God? ¿Qué es ser aceptado? Well, verse 5 gives us a picture. It says, he, that is the one with clean hands and pure heart, he who does not lift up his soul to an idol will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, his Savior. Quienes así recibe bendiciones al Señor. Dios su Salvador le hará justicia. He will receive blessing. To be accepted is to be blessed by God. Ser aceptado, ser bendecido de Dios. What is blessing? ¿Qué es? Well, if you look at the second line of the poem, that's what blessing is. Blessing is to receive vindication from God. It is to be declared right. It is to be declared just, sinless in God's presence. Bendición es que Dios te hace justicia. Que Dios te declara justo. That's blessing. That God looks upon you and says, this one is in my order. I receive him. I accept him. Este está en mi orden. Lo acepto. Lo recibo. The Hebrew word blessing, uh, as I did a little homework on this, uh, the Hebrew word blessing, barach, has a word picture associated with it. La palabra bendición tiene una imagen. And the image of blessing in, in the Hebrew word is a picture of a person who's kneeling down to drink water from peaceful, abundant waters. Okay, es alguien que, que se agacha, se arrodilla a beber de aguas tranquilas y abundantes. That's blessing. Think about it. If you're kneeling down, as one story in the Bible, the story of Gideon talks about, if you're kneeling down to drink water out of a pool of water, first of all, you're not afraid of any enemies. You're not afraid of attack. You are, you're free from that. Primero, no, no, estás, uh, no tienes miedo de ningún ataque de un enemigo. That's an important part of blessing. But also, there's, there's this sense of abundance. I mean, if you look at the psalm before, it says, He leads me where? Beside the still waters. In a, in a land where there were all kinds of deserts and droughts and all of that, can you think of a better picture of blessing? En una tierra de mucha sequía y desiertos, ¿qué imagen de bendición? He will receive blessing from the Lord. The ones who are pure and clean before God, who do not lift up their souls to false gods, they are the ones that will be able to drink from the eternal presence of God in his dwelling place. Los que tienen mano limpia van a poder beber de la presencia de Dios eterna en su morada. There's another place where this is described in Psalm 36.8 where it talks about God blessing his whole creation, people and animals and everyone. Uh, Psalm 36.8, Salmo 36, 8 habla de esto. It says this, they, that is all creatures, feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights for with you is the fountain of life. 
hablando de las criaturas se sacian de la abundancia y de tu casa les das a beber de tu río de deleites porque en ti está la fuente de la vida that's blessing who wouldn't want that quien no quiere eso it's just one problem you got to get there first you've got to get up that hill Tienes que subir al monte. Now everybody wants to get to that place of blessing. Everybody wants to get up that hill. Todos queremos subir ese monte. Bless me, God. Bless me good. Bendíceme, Señor. Bendíceme bien. You know, that's got to probably be the most popular prayer request out there, right? Is That's probably number one, the most common, the most popular petition that we make of God bless me God bless me good bendíceme bien tiene que ser la petición más popular de todas every who does not want to be blessed everyone wants a blessing everyone wants to be blessed Israel wanted to be blessed los israelitas querían ser bendecidos verse 6 tells us such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Tal es la generación de los que a ti acuden, de los que buscan tu rostro, O Dios de Jacob. This is saying this is what Israel wants. Israel is a generation of those who are seeking you, God, seeking your face. Israel estaba buscando la faz de Dios, el rostro de Dios. Every time the people of Israel went up the hill uh, to the temple to worship God, this was what was on their mind. They wanted the blessing of God. Cuando subían al templo, Israelitas querían la bendición de Dios. They, they wanted to experience God's deliverance from their enemies and from abundance and prosperity and They wanted to experience God's favor, God's presence, God's protection, God's love, God's forgiveness. They wanted it all. Querían la protección, favor, amor de Dios. Lo querían todo. But here's the question. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place to receive such a blessing? ¿Quién puede subir al monte del Señor y estar en su lugar santo? The answer that the Bible gives us is nobody. None. No one. Another psalm, Psalm 53, verse 2. Salmo 53, versículo 2. God looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God, ese cielo Dios contempla a los mortales para ver si hay alguien que sea sensato y busque a Dios. Everyone has turned away. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. Pero todos se han descarriado. Una se han corrompido. No hay nadie que haga lo bueno. No hay uno solo. 
get the picture. God on high looking down upon his people to see who can ascend the hill of the Lord, who can stand in his holy place. Dios mira desde lo alto. And here's the human race trying to climb, to scale the hill, to climb the heights of righteousness, to scale the Everest of a life of clean hands and pure heart, a life that, that is full of order, the order of God and not the chaos of sin. And every time we get up the hill, we fall down, we sin, and we slide back down. It's hard to get up, but it's easy to come down. That's the condition of the human race. La raza humana está intentando trepar al cima del Everest de la justicia, pero cada vez que pecamos nos resbalamos para abajo. We tend to grade ourselves on a curve and say, well, I'm not as bad as that person over there. Yo no soy tan malo como ese, decíamos. But God does not grade on a curve. He grades on a scale of a hill. And here's the problem. Every time we sin and fail, we go back to square one in our own efforts. Nuestros esfuerzos cada vez que pecamos y fallamos, vamos hasta abajo. So, who can go up that hill? The best people in the history of the world have tried and they've not been able to do it. Los mejores, los más famosos lo han intentado, no lo pueden hacer. Gandhi was a pretty good guy. But he didn't make it to the top. Gandhi no subió al, al cima. How about Mother Teresa? She did a lot of good in our world. La Madre Teresa era una persona muy buena, very good person, wonderful person, helped so many people. She didn't make it to the top. Ella tampoco subió hasta el cima. The Dalai Lama? Oprah? I mean, somebody, you know, anybody that we could admire, have they done it? No, the Bible says, nadie ha podido subir, not one, not you, not me. There's no one who does good. No hay nadie que pueda hacer eso. Now, that's not good news, is it? Uh, that would actually fall under the category of bad news, in case you're wondering. Son malas noticias. But here's the thing. I just saw it written a couple days ago. Christianity gives us the most pessimistic assessment of our world. Now, you can't get much more pessimistic than that, right? None of us are going to make it. La fe cristiana nos da una perspectiva más pesimista de todo el mundo. Nadie puede llegar acima. Here's the flip side. Christianity also gives us the most optimistic view of the solution. Tenemos también la solución más optimista de todas. See, the good news is this. God is not a king of the hill who's standing on top of the hill laughing at us while we're trying to slip and slide our way up the hill, uh, you know, just kind of making fun of us as we keep sliding down to the bottom. Dios no nos mira riéndose mientras nos vamos para abajo. He's not pushing us down. He's not trying to keep us down. No quiere empujarnos para abajo. God has done something else. 
God, the king of the hill, did not stay on the hill. God, the king of the hill, came down to you and me to lift us up. Dios ha bajado para levantarnos a nosotros. And that's the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of Christmas. The good news of Christmas is that the king of the hill has come to the bottom of the hill to lift us up. El rey del monte vino al, al, abajo para levantarnos. There's one human being. Yes, there's one human being who's been able to climb the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place. One human being and his name is Jesus. Es Jesús que ha subido al monte del Señor. And Christmas is this, that God, the king of the hills, sends Jesus, his son, down to the bottom of the hill. And Jesus comes as the new temple of God. Jesús viene como el nuevo templo de Dios. Instead of God saying, you've got to get up to the temple. You've got to get up to that place of connection with me. God sends the one of connection down to us. Dios envía el que nos conecta abajo. Jesus is the connecting point. Jesus is the icon of access, the portal to the Father. That's why he said, I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Por eso dijo, yo soy la puerta. Adios. He comes down to the bottom of the hill. And then the Bible tells us he climbs another hill. Sube otro monte. A hill called Calvary. He climbs to the top of Calvary to die in our place. El sube el monte Calvario para morir en nuestro lugar. You know what, folks? That's the one hill that you and I deserve to climb. You and I deserve to be on the top of Calvary. You and I deserve to die the most torturous death due to crucifixion because of our sin. That's the hill we may ascend, but Jesus ascends that hill in our place. Merecíamos subir al Calvario y morir de forma tortuosa, pero Jesús sube ese, ese monte en nuestro lugar. He dies on that hill for you and me. Why? So that he can give us what we needed, so that we can have clean hands and a pure heart, so that we can receive vindication from God our Savior. Para que recibamos vindicación, justicia de Dios nuestro Salvador so that we can drink of Jesus the living water of life and receive blessing forever. That's the best news out there. I dare you to top that. Es la mejor noticia de todas. Jesus is the king of glory. He establishes the world over the chaos Jesús es el que establece el mundo por encima del caos, but then he comes down into the chaos. In order to defeat the chaos of sin and death, our greatest enemies on the cross. Él entra en el caos de este mundo para derrotar el caos del pecado y la muerte en la cruz. And then he rises from the dead. Y después resucita de los muertos. 
to give upon those who trust in him new life, resurrection life. And now, by the blessing of his Holy Spirit, it is possible for us to ascend the hill of the Lord and to be in the presence of God. Ya podemos subir al monte del Señor y estar en su presencia. How do you respond to a kind of message like that? How do you respond to this good news? ¿Cómo responder a estas buenas noticias? Psalm 24:7. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Elevan puertas sus dinteles, levántase puertas antiguas que va a entrar el rey de la gloria. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. ¿Quién es este rey de la gloria? Señor, el fuerte y valiente, el valiente guerrero. Now, Bible scholars will tell us here there's, there's kind of a backstory going on here uh, that David may be referring to the time when he and the people of Israel brought the Ark of the Covenant down to Jerusalem or up to Jerusalem when they went up the hill with the Ark of the Covenant, this golden box that symbolized the presence of the Lord. Some of you may are, be familiar with that story. Se trata cuando David trajo el arca del pacto, esa caja dorada que representaba a Dios a Jerusalén. So you get the picture of this parade with the Ark of the Covenant. They're coming to Jerusalem and the priests are at the front of the parade. Los sacerdotes en, en, en frente del desfile están ahí. And they come to the gates of the city. Llegan a las puertas de la ciudad and the priests knock at the door. Knock, knock! Open up, lift up your heads, O oh you gates. Open up the door for us. The King of Glory wants to come in. Aquí está el Rey de la Gloria. Abra las puertas, levanten los dinteles. El Rey de la Gloria está aquí. And from inside, the people answer, Who's there? Who is this King of Glory? ¿Quién está ahí? Contestan de adentro. ¿Quién es el Rey de la Gloria? And the priests say, Why? It's the Lord Himself. Who's knocking at the door? He's the king of glory. Es el Señor mismo que llama a la puerta. Él es el rey de la gloria. And then it repeats over again in verse 9. Lo repite. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Elevan por sus interes que va a entrar el rey de la gloria. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. ¿Quién es este rey de la gloria? Señor Todopoderoso es el rey de la gloria. You see, that's the invitation. That's the invitation of Christmas. Es la invitación de la Navidad. To anyone who has ever prayed, bless me God, bless me good, God says, open up then. Al que ore, bendíceme bien. Dios dice, levantan, levanten sus puertas. Open up. You see, the simple prayer, bless me good, can only be answered by Christmas. By Jesus coming down to lift us up. And so God says, open up and receive me. Receive this king. Que reciban a este rey. Who is he? ¿Quién es? This is my son, my very presence. This is God come to save you. Not God in a box. God in a person. 
God in a human being es Dios no en una caja sino un, un ser humano and he's come to bless you he's come to defeat sin and death and hell and Satan your greatest enemies ha venido a derrotar el pecado la muerte Satanás el infierno he's come to give you new life so open up lift up your heads don't lift up your soul to what is false lift up your soul to the true one to Jesus no levantes tu alma a lo que es falso sino a Jesús that's the invitation That's the invitation I want to give here today to anyone who may not have ever received it. Es la invitación para ustedes. It's the invitation we give to the world. Lift up and open up your life to Jesus Christ, the King, who's come to save you, to bless you. And you will be blessed. Abre tu vida, Jesús. If you've never shut the door to the chaos of sin in your life. If life is chaotic and messy, sometimes it's because we've not shut the door to the chaos. Si nunca has cerrado la puerta a causa de tu vida, lo puedes hacer hoy. If you've never done that, you can do that today. You can turn from sin and open up the door to Jesus Christ. Puedes abrir la puerta al Señor Jesús. I want to give you that invitation. That is why we are here. Do that and you will be blessed forever. But here's the thing. We're not just called to bless. We're called to be a blessing. Somos llamados para ser una bendición. In a sense, Christians are many temples of Jesus going around. Somos templos de Jesús como cristianos. We're points of connection For people with God and we go out to open up ourselves to others and so my challenge my, my encouragement is who can you bless this week you pray bless me good but who can you bless good this week a quien puedes bendecir bien esta semana our community needs it there's a lot of chaos in our world we found out in our community this week how the chaos is so dark but Jesus Christ is greater than the chaos he overcomes it Jesús supera el caos. Who can you bless this week? Who can you invite to the Christmas concert on Friday or Saturday night? I want to invite and encourage you to bless someone this week, understanding that that's not just doing something nice. You're becoming a point of connection for that person to connect with Jesus. Te invito a bendecir a otra persona para que te hagas un punto de conexión. So here's the good news. We can pray Bless me good at Christmas. Knowing that through Jesus, God already has blessed us really, really good. Podemos orar, bendíceme bien sabiendo que por medio de Jesús ya lo ha hecho Dios.